Hello, Autism Warrior, and welcome to Barefoot Autism Warriors podcast. I'm Ninka Benedet Mauritsson, and I am here to tell you that autism is a consciousness test. It's a wake-up call, and it's your chance to turn your life around. And when you do, everything changes. This conversation with Danielle is going to bring you hope, and it's also going to offer you a helping hand if you are impatient. If you are having days where you're thinking, I cannot do this anymore, I don't want to do this autism recovery, autism turnaround process anymore, I don't have any more patience, please someone take this burden away from me. If that's how you are feeling and you want to get to where she's at now, where her son has stopped eloping, he can go to the grocery store without having tantrums. He can go to school and be around all kinds of kids, all ages, and um, not get overstimulated or aggressive like he used to. He can even understand and accept that he cannot have the unhealthy pizza and snacks that all the other kids can have, that he has to accept his healthy snacks, and he's doing that just fine. So much hope in this story but also an important lesson in understanding how much time this takes, how much patience this takes, and from, from Danielle's perspective, how much we have to actually surrender to really get there, and how she still has a lot of way to go, but she's still smiling, she's still positive, she's still moves on even though she also has days like that where she just doesn't want to do autism anymore. So I really hope that this conversation will bring you as much joy as it has brought me joy. And uh, please listen to the end of this podcast and I will, in the outro, I'll tell you how to contact her and be part of the sisterhood if you want a friend like Danielle. So I'm here crying with my friend Danielle <laughs> because we've just been speaking about things that we wish you heard. Um, we wish you were there when we spoke about this and when we talked about this. Uh, we decided to start this interview, not with the introduction, but we want to start somewhere else. We want to start in the difficult part of being an autism mom, the difficult corners, uh, because you said just before we pressed record, you said to me, some days you just don't want to deal with autism anymore, and sometimes we don't want the journey. So my dear friend, would you, would you talk to moms out there who, who actually has days like, have days like that? We all do how that feels for you who actually come a long way. You've been in this autism journey as an autism mom for quite a long time now, even the turnaround, the recovery part of it. What, what would you say? Uh, again, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And I pray that the words that I share, the words that come out of my mouth this morning, it's edifying and encouraging to all those out there, those that are further along in this process than I am, uh, those that are just starting. Uh, what 
So I would like to share you asked what I would say to those moms that want to give up. And I was just, we were just talking and I was just sharing how these past couple of days have been a challenge for me because I just, again, uh, as Nika mentioned, I just get, we get weary sometimes. We get tired and we don't want this journey anymore. We don't want to deal with autism. We don't want to deal with the struggles. We don't want to deal with the tantrums. We don't want to deal with just the lifestyle that we have to endure. And uh, I just would like to say that it's okay to feel that way as long as we don't stay in that. Mm-hmm. And with Nika, right before we begin recording, how even at the moment when Jesus, right before they came to, uh, to get him and he knew what he had to endure and he too, felt at a moment where he didn't want to have to deal with what he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. He didn't want the life that was chosen for him. And, but at the same time, although he asked for God to take it away, at the same time, his number one wish was that God's will be done in his life. And so to encourage those, again, there are times you just want as quote unquote, the normal life uh, of everyone else Uh, you want quote unquote uh, what everyone else is doing what's normal to everyone else and so you just don't want this journey anymore but but is not it's not it shouldn't be our will it should be the will of God and in that in the will of God see here's the beautiful part Nika and then I'll, I'll I'll let you ask your question in that, when we say not my will, but God's will be done, and that in return, God will give us the desires of our heart. See, that's the beautiful part about it. See, he wants us to put him first. That's how beautiful it is. Sorry. He wants us to put him first. But in return, he wants to give us what we desire. Yes. Thanks. So he knows He says he knows the things that we need of. He knows the things that we want even before we ask. He already knows. And so we don't have to cry all the time. This is what I want this because he already knows. Mm -hmm. He wants us to put self aside and put him first. And then he say, you know what? My daughter is putting me first. I cannot acknowledge what she's doing. I cannot acknowledge all the sacrifices that she's making and just put her on the back burner. Mm-hmm. In that, he will give us the desires of our heart. In that, he will give us the healing. In that, he will give us the turnaround. So. And, and we are so used to, as autism moms, or at least I think I was from, for many, many years, we think we have to do this at our own strength or by our own strength. And I think today we want to take a bit of that burden away from you out there, you mom listening right now, who you who are tired, feeling despair, feeling grief, feeling exhaustion, feeling like you've tried everything, feeling like you're losing hope and time is, you know, the clock is ticking. Um, so this surrender is not easy. So before you take us through your journey as a mom, as an autism mom, from the darkest moments to 
to hope and sometimes back and forth. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Danny, because I met you through the Barefoot Autism Warriors community where you've been such a light and such a such a loving heart and so positive for all the other moms in there since the day I met you. But can you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what's your story and how did you get initiated into autism parenting? Well, um, I am originally from the US and Louisiana. I was born and raised here and I'm still here. Um, I just a little bit about my back journey. I, I finished high school, went to college, you know, did the regular um, expected things from, you know, this new society. And I got married. I waited to have kids before I got married. I mean, I waited to get married before I had kids. And so my husband and I, here's the kicker, and you always speak about this, Minga. My husband and I struggled to conceive. Mm. And I've always thought of myself as a woman of faith. Um, I mean, there have been many times, I, 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 I'll speak of this very briefly. There was a time before I got married I was diagnosed with this blood disorder that was very rare in the African-American community. And, uh, and they said it was for life. And I experienced these horrible symptoms for months. And but during that time frame, I was single, I lived by myself. But during that time frame, I read a particular scripture in Mark about the woman with the issue of the blood. And I read every single day every day and it built up my faith even more and I remember the doctor telling me that there again there was no cure I was going to have it for the rest of my life but I refused to believe that and uh so I went to church one Saturday I mean Sunday and it was my first time ever visiting this church and the pastor asked if anyone wanted prayer I went up to get prayer and I told him what my what, I, what my request was. And he whispered and he said, your faith will make you whole. And it's amazing because I had been reading this every single day for months and how God told the women, your faith made you whole. Mm -hmm. So when he told me that all this time I had been building up my faith, I hadn't been seeing any results, but my faith had been building. And so when this preacher told me the same words that Jesus told the woman with the issue of the blood, it was like, I knew that this was the time. This was the time for change. And immediately I was healed, immediately. And I had been to multiple doctors. My mom was afraid. She was like, oh my God, I don't know what we're gonna do. And it was immediately, I was something that was no cure. Wow. So it's amazing because we can believe these things for ourselves, but when it comes to our children, mm -hmm. like we forget we need that same amount of faith and even more. And so uh, just again, we struggled to have kids, uh, to conceive. And I remember my uh, gynecologist at the time telling me, um, you're gonna have to see a specialist. And we saw a specialist and the specialist said, well, it's impossible for you to have children because my husband, he had issues and, and I didn't think I had the issues, but now I've learned that I too had the issues. It just wasn't discovered at the time. Yeah. But he said, uh, you know, it's impossible, but hey, miracles do happen. Mm -hmm. And when he said, I was like, it's going to take a miracle. Mm -hmm. 
and we went through a couple of rounds of IUI and did all those procedures and nothing worked. But again, it was the miracle in my faith that allowed me to conceive, not mm -hmm. one, but two children. Yes. So I, we, re, you know, the word of God tells us we overcome by the words of our testimony. And our testimony sometimes is for ourselves, but sometimes our testimonies are for others. And so at this particular time, my testimony was for myself. So I have to reflect back on those testimonies to help me endure what is going to be my next testimony. And well, my next big testimony, I'll say that. But uh, again, we had our conceived our first and we had our second. And leading up to autism, uh, you know, you always say, and I've heard this before, but you, you, I heard it first with you. You can't heal in the environment you got sick. And we had built up a sick environment. And it wasn't just um, the toxic chemicals and things of that nature, but it was the relationship, the marriage that my husband and I had at the same time. Uh, we were moving back and forth from his parents to my home and just all over the place. And when my second son was born, shortly afterwards, we had to move in with our in-laws. And so we just had a very unhealthy marriage at the time. And with the restraints of the environment, uh, living with people, uh, the toxic chemicals, my uh, father-in-law is a smoker. And I believe that there was mold in the house. So it was just a lot of different factors that built up. We, because we lived with others, my mother-in-law wasn't very keen on floor time with my youngest. So he stayed in a swinger majority of the time in front of a TV. And so when I look back, you know, sometimes we pinpoint one thing, but it's just a compilation, a buildup of things that leads to, uh, Dr. Mensa calls it, it's like constantly getting blows at your uh, armor suit. Mm -hmm. And then that one blow and it shatters your, your, your superhero uniform. And that's kind of how it was. Uh, there was one shatter that broke everything into pieces. And, uh, and, and, and I was just devastated. I was devastated. I went through what most of us go through, a time frame of depression, resentment, anger, blame, everything. And, uh, but I remember praying one day and hearing God's voice. And at the time, my pediatrician said what most common pediatricians say, I'm sorry, uh, there's nothing that we can do. Uh, this is something that he was probably born with. He just didn't notice it in the beginning. And did that's he, what did I- Did he say uh, autism at that point? Well, that's because I brought it up. And uh -huh. that was at the age of 15 months. It's and there wasn't, there wasn't anything that my pediatrician had recognized, but it was something that I had recognized as a mom. Mm -hmm. and uh and, and and there was a lot of reversing or a lot of regression my son first he was developing normally he had language and everything and then there was regression mm -hmm. so he went from saying a few words interacting to pretty much silence not interaction no eye contact and my 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 baby was a butter a social little butterfly I used to call him my social butterfly because my oldest was the one who was antisocial but he was just such a little social butterfly and to revert to not making eye contact, not no more verbal communication, 
doing flapping of the hands, uh, staring into space, uh, all these things, it was very obvious. Uh, and so again, I went to the pediatrician and she told me these things and I didn't, I didn't know much about autism. And so, uh, because it wasn't something that was discussed in my arena of uh, my community or my people or just anything. And so, um, so I, I, that's what I believed initially, what I was told. But as I began to pray more, I remember God's telling me that he was going to heal my son. God said, I will heal him. And so when I heard and felt that in my spirit, I believed it immediately. Because I know God's word is that he's not a man that can lie. So I knew, I know what the end result is. It's just a matter of getting there, God carrying me there. But the, the key word, and I sometimes forget and I have to remind myself, was heal. Mm. It wasn't a miracle. It wasn't I'll perform a miracle and it'll be no more. It was heal. And so uh, I went to, you know, went through the regular routine of things. I went to see the specialist and she gave him the diagnosis and she told me, oh, wow, you're ahead of the game because the earliest the child, you know, gets it at that time was 18 months and my son was 19 months at the time. So I did what I was told, instructed to do and uh, went through the ABA and uh and before he turned two years old which to me now is like mind-blowing that I even did that but you do I, as you're told exactly exactly and so I just I went through the proper protocols and we did a year of ABA and it was 40 hours a week and then after not even within a year's time my son was like I've had enough of this and so he started to regress even more and it was like, oh my, but again, I was feeding him the same thing every day. Oh, that's normal for kids. They eat the same thing every day. Just bring it to feeding them the same horrible foods every single day, not addressing any of these things because I didn't take the time to understand it. I was just, I was so lost. And that's what I like to share with moms that are just experiencing this thing, these things for the first time take a seat back because you're so much going on in your brain. Yes. You just don't even know where to turn. So you listen to the first vomit that comes out of authority's mouth, right? And then whether it's the ABA, the doctor, you know, because you just don't know, you don't take the time to gather yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like to say, take the time to gather yourself. That way you can rationally think things through. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I just, even though I knew God said he was going to heal, I was just going to and from trying to do everything, not allowing him to do what he's going to do. And so um, my son regressed. So I pulled him out at this time after about a year. It was a mutual agreement because they said that they couldn't do much more for him. I pulled him out. We started to do a sunrise program within my home. Now, I like to say that the Sunrise program was beneficial more so for myself and my husband because it taught us to uh, how to uh, not look at this 
as a, uh, this was not something that was done to us mm-hmm. and that was done for us. But so I just would, would like to just jump, just quickly jump back to the, because you know, 40 hours per week, that's a long time. How, for how long did you do that 40 hours per week? And you're not the only one who didn't have any any results from it. And your child is not the only child who's had enough of ABA. So for how long and what did they say about it not working? Wouldn't that's the funny part. Uh, we did it for almost an entire year. It was almost at the end year anniversary, like a week or two before. And they said that it here's the kicker. They and this is how authorities try to make the parents feel like they're less than. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it wasn't working because we weren't doing as we were told to do at home. And and see, they had given. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny now you laughed but I was very uh angry of at course. the time yeah of they gave us this sheet this log sheet I'm not going to take too much time but they gave us this log sheet and we had to mark every single time we commanded him to do something and he did it and they wanted you to fill out this log like doing 20 to 50 times in an hour mm-hmm. I was like if they're able, if I'm not going to keep telling my son to hand me the same piece of paper or block, you know, and so, (laughs) and I even told them this, I mean, he does it to me, does it one time, hand me this, if he does it, he's like, okay, I can do it, I can follow an instruction, why do you have to keep doing this over, and he would get tired, I would get tired, so I'm like, I'm filling out this log, and so they said, because I didn't fill out the log properly, Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing at home. And I wasn't in sync with what they were doing at the, at the facility that they couldn't help him because he wasn't progressing because we weren't doing what we needed yeah, to do. Of course. So we were the ones who were holding him back. Yeah. And this is, if you're out there exhausted about any type of therapy, personally, I did, I did some ABA and, and OT and speech therapy. And it was the same thing at some point. I just said, no, I am not doing this. It was horrific. But I did the Doman for, for a year, the Doman program, which is exercising for about three to four hours every single day. And it was to a point where I felt like I was in a Chinese work camp or Russian work camp, like a prisoner. And, and he was exhausted too, both physically and mentally. It's not supposed to be that way. Remember, if you believe in God like we do, you don't even have to believe in God like we do, but he is the God of peace, not complication and confusion. And you're not supposed to feel exhausted and overwhelmed and wrong and disciplined and and like like a naughty child. So if if you don't see progression, it's not because of you. And if you are totally overwhelmed and exhausted, it's not probably not the right way for you. So with that said, tell us a little bit about what you liked about Sunrise, because I, I chose not to do Sunrise. So I'm curious about your thoughts. 
the reason why I like the sunrise is because I helped, I, I believed at that point, it helped with um, looking at things from a different perspective. And to me, that's the biggest thing. Uh, the first words that I heard, um, gosh, I can't think of his name right now, uh, but he said, you know, he said, who in here has a child with autism? He came in here and there and spoke and it pretty much everyone was to him. That's what they're there for. He said, I want to shake all of y'all's hands and tell you congratulations. Nice. I love that. I do too. And he was like, congratulations. He said, you have been given such a gift. He said, and I want you to know this was not done to you. Mm -hmm. This is a gift. And they allowed us to see things from a different perspective. That was the thing that I loved about Sunrise. And it wasn't so much, he said, most parents come here thinking that you're going to fix your child. I'm not here to tell you how to fix your child. Oh, so it's very, I agree with most of it. I can hear then. Yes. And that, and that to me, that was the biggest thing because that's what I was there for, to mm -hmm. fix my child. But mm -hmm. my your child does not need fixing. Now, there are a lot of things that need to be addressed. But for is going there with the purpose of, oh, I'm going to fix my child. To me, that was like the foundation of things. Mm -hmm. Once you realize that, you know, that, you know, that this is not a, uh, a burden, this is not, um, you know, a punishment. Uh, then you can look at things at a totally different perspective. And to me, that was the biggest thing. And I went separate from my husband. And when he came back, his perspective was completely different. Wow. Uh, so it, it helped us out in that manner. Not so much of um, anything else but that. And, and so how old were you, what was your, your child at this point? At this point, my child was maybe about three mm -hmm. so he was probably about three at the time and uh but again it helped me look at things differently mm -hmm. and so I was able to kind of calm the background noise of feeling the need to do this and do that now I still felt I needed to do something but I didn't feel like it had to be done but here's something you said Mika and, it, and when I said that it just brought it to me you said when you believe in God, all those other things you don't have to do. And that's the beautiful part about God being in the journey with you. Mm. It's because the most high wants to get all the glory. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He doesn't want you giving the glory and the honor to Ninka. No to the biomedical specialist. No. He doesn't want all the glory given to the supplement. No. He wants to get all the glory. He wants you to be able to say that, yeah, I tried this and that, but God did the healing. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. And that's why you said uh, the other day, you said something about, um, you know, this is what you say. You say, this is why sometimes you'll see moms that hardly do anything and focus on themselves. And pretty much what they're doing is not just so, they are focusing on themselves, but at the same time is they're not, they're, give, they're releasing mm -hmm. care. They're leaving it at the altar. 
Yes. You know, and that, and that's what we need to do, especially as moms who are spiritual, who have a relationship with Christ. I think I froze up. No, anyway, you're, you're there. Uh, who have a relationship with Christ. God wants us to just take it and leave it at the altar. Mm-hmm. And then he'll instruct us, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I need you to do. And if we walk in that path, that he's directing for us, then there's, we can't go wrong. We'll get the result that he promised he would deliver. And he will put people in your life. He will, he will, you'll open up your phone and you will have, what did I have? If I ask, I need to know more about the limbic system. I open up my, my computer. There's an article and a sign up for an educational piece about the limbic system the next day. It's too, down to that type of specifics. So, so the, the ways of the world is all about glorifying and, and uh, making idols out of things and people. And that's why this whole autism mom community is so hooked in on, you can almost look at it and you can see the addictions, the, the, the materialistic, it's, it's meta, it is about supplements, it's about diet, it's about vanity, it's about pride, it's about, and then when we give up, we turn it into an ideology, because we give up because it's not the way that God wants us to heal, he doesn't want us to do the medical or even probably just completely biomedical journey, he wants us to return to truth and innocence and purity and health and nature and all the things he's created for us to heal. But when we get so stuck on gurus and tests and influencers and protocols and diets, people get so attached to it, they get angry if you question it even. That's not a good sign, that's a red flag. So I really love that you bring this up, Danny. It's amazingly important right now because it's almost like we have so many different types of getting lost in this. Either we get lost by getting the diagnosis and trusting those idols who say there's nothing you can do. This is for life. Like they are playing God and telling us how our child's life's going to be. And if we don't get stuck there, we might get stuck in the extreme diet cults or uh, chasing protocol and practitioner after practitioner and all of those things actually ruins our peace is a distraction and cuts us off from God and from our children and from nature because the children know they they know they know what's right and wrong and so they don't change if you're not on the right path so that's just so incredible so so bring us back to after sunrise what happened then well after sunrise we did we i came back we built a playroom and uh pretty much got rid of a lot of sensory stuff and kept things in order uh volunteers that came in and would play with him because that's what sunrise is mainly about is learning how to uh, play with your child, interact with your child so that your child can in return interact with you. So we did that for a while, but then again, we had to move again. Mm -hmm. So it disrupted a lot of things, but even in that, I don't uh, count it as a negative. Um, 
we had to move again. And so we moved again until we cut that short. But when we moved this time, that's when I came across your beautiful face. <laughs> and I knew, I knew that it was, and I've told you this before, from the moment I saw your first video, I said, there's something different here. My spirit knew that it was something different there. And I know that you've mentioned, and, and I know that God has saved you from the new age, mm -hmm. but who you were then, it was within. Yeah. And I've always been a person that can um, discern uh, a good person or not. And my cousin always laughs at me. She said, one thing about Danielle, she just doesn't welcome any body. She can tell when somebody's fraud or not. <laughs> and and I thank God for that because he's always given me the spirit of discernment when it came to people but I knew there was something different and I said you know what I have to listen to what she has to say because Ninka here's the thing I knew God made me a promise and I was searching because I knew I was I, I knew that I was never going to give up and I knew that God will direct me on the path so whatever whether it be good or bad I knew that he was going to carry me through. So I knew that this too was part of my journey. Now, what, how long I would stay would be a different story. You know, we all have different chapters of our book. So uh, I, I just knew it was something different. And so that's when I ran into you. And, and, and honestly, running into you and going, even though I'm still going through the course, but that has been the biggest change for myself. And when I say this, I came out of a, and I hate to say it, but a cult religion. And when I look back at who I was then to who I am now, I thank God because although I was living right for Christ, I was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I was, you know, doing things right according to God's commandments. I still was still in, I still got, still hadn't pulled me out and completely saved me. Mm. And so I, um, so I was still in a place where the enemy still somewhat had a hold on me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, I started going through the course, started viewing things differently, completely differently and started focusing on self. And then I began to see where a lot of the changes needed to be made within me. See, a lot of times in religion, we think just because we're not smoking or drinking, or running the streets, uh, that we're okay. But there's a lot of things within that God is saying, no, you need to purify this. You need to purify this. Okay, you've done this. Let's take a few steps. Now, you, now you're here. You need to do this. You need to do. So while we're so focused on the big things, what I was being judgmental. And, uh, you know, there was judgment there. But at the, 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 there's this thing that I needed to get rid of was judgment, mm -hmm. hypocrisy. Because while I'm judging one person for doing one thing, I was doing something different. Although it doesn't look bad to society, it's still, ple it's still not pleasing in the eyesight of God. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I am. Uh, that's where I went next, uh, running into you and just begin to change things. And like I said, I'm still here because I know where I am is where God has me now and I know uh, he's going to do the things but I need to do 
I need to do what he commands me to do. And the majority of those things are working on self, getting rid of, like I said, judgment, getting rid of hypocrisy. So. And what other roadblocks do you see for moms? Because I know that you said that you wanted to bring um, clarity and hope to moms who feel that this is taking a long time. Because for you, this has been taking a long time. How old is your uh, child now? If you just for the listeners, just to get an impression. Well, my son is currently seven, and we started this journey almost three years ago when we first started the turnaround tribe. That's been over two years. So it's been almost three years, correct? Yeah, so that's three years. That's what I thought. So yeah. for, for you, you said to me, sometimes I feel like it's too slow or I'm too slow, but I also want to bring that story that sometimes it can take a long time and that small steps truly count. So with that in mind, could you take us back three years ago and then move up to where you're at now? What was your darkest moment three years ago and where you're at now? Because I do feel that patience is such an important key to actually get, get the child to the best possible outcome. Yes. Uh, I believe patience is, and I'll touch right quick on your, I just want to say this right quick, quick, excuse me. Patience is so imperative in this journey. And I think as mothers that have been on the journey for as long as I have, I got the diagnosis in 19 months. Mm -hmm. I pretty much knew, remember God telling me he was going to heal. I mean, before my son turned, I mean, before he was three years old. So a lot of times we get caught up in a vicious cycle, trying to hurry up and get things done. We don't see a result. We try to go. We don't see a result. We go to the next. We don't see a result or we don't see what we want to see. I'll say that we go on to the next. But the reason why I say patience is such a virtue, well, the, you know, Patience is such a virtue because it helps restore our faith in God. Because if we don't see, you know, faith, the word of God says faith is the evidence of, is the faith is the, the things, faith is the things that you hope for, but it's the evidence of things not seen. You can see, yes. So that, that we're looking for something, constantly looking, constantly looking. And we're not seeing any evidence of what we're hoping for. But then that's where faith comes in and saying, okay, I believe, although I can't see it, I still believe it. But in order to build up that faith, it takes patience because you're not seeing what you feel you should see by this point. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to say that because we get so discouraged when we don't see what the next mom sees. Mm -hmm. Oh, my son is still pre-verbal. This must not work for me. Mm -hmm. Let me move on to the next. But when you have faith and you believe in God, you're like, okay, God, I know this is where you have me at this moment. What do I need to do? Do I just need to do nothing? Do I need to be still? Because sometimes it requires to be still. We're mm -hmm. so doing we're so used to going we're so used to doing but sometimes it just requires to be still and that can be hard yes 
you know, and that's what God may require in that moment. Um, and so I, I just wanted to say about the patience because it is so critical in this journey is the patience. And in that patience, your faith is being built. It's being built. And it may come to a point where it will be like whenever I went to that church. Because it was month prior to that led up to that. Although it happened in an instant, it took months of building up the faith. And, and now it's taking years for my son building up this faith, building up this faith. It may come to a point where one day guys just say, okay, today is the day done. Mm -hmm. It may, it may not. I mean, anything's possible with Christ. I didn't mean to cut you out, but go ahead. No, yeah, because we, we also don't know what the plan is for our children. And we also need to humble ourselves to that. I know that my son's journey is very different to his younger brother's journey. He's much more of a sensitive soul. He doesn't belong into the same systems and programs, and he can't, he's not as tough um, to endure the hardships and the lies of this world. And that is a gift too. He's not supposed to be exactly like everybody else. But, um, but we want, as moms, we want to be obedient to when we are asked to make changes so that we can get our children to the best possible outcome. Because on the other hand, so many things that, is, that, that are of this world, the toxic foods, the, 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 the dark demonic entertainment industry, the ideologies that our kids are getting pulled into by the organizations that are not of God either. I'm talking about the pride movements, this uh, um, exaggerated focus on self and um, where inclusion almost becomes cultish or aggressive. So, so there are things that my son will, will not do, do and be able to do in the future. And that's okay, because I know God's plan with him, and he is inspiring others to be the way that he is. But what changes have you seen that are positive in yourself and in your child in those three years? What's been, what's been possible for you? What do you notice? What I noticed about the most is a sense of acceptance of our journey, of, our, of the cross. I believe that we all have a cross to bear. Mm -hmm. Once you embrace it and you pick up your cross and you carry it, it, it relieves you and it makes, you, it makes things so much bigger than you. For example, I, I believe that my journey and the reason why it has taken the time that it has, like I mentioned earlier, Anita, is to encourage other women to say, although things may be horrible now and although things may be horrible next year, God is still with you even in that. Mm -hmm. This too is for a bigger, this too is for a bigger purpose. I, I don't know if I've ever, and I'll just share, I just wanna share this right quick because you say, how has it changed? It's changed me to not even just look at my autism journey as, oh, this is just gonna be a healing. 
but I believe that it's going to cause us to branch out and help other families mm. because I see how I was telling the sharing this with my husband I see how parents can sometimes just be so overwhelmed with things how they don't feel like they are able to think and breathe they're constantly holding their breath and I want to a goal of mine is to um, develop a facility where parent families, uh, you know, can come and uh, allow their children to stay for a couple of hours. And just, I want be, I want it out in the country. Yes. And I just wanted to share this right quick because I'm super excited every time I think about it. I want it. I want it out in the country. I want a big facility with with a garden and horses and things that you know kind of pique certain interests. I want little playrooms, uh, sensory friendly playrooms with not all a bunch of junk, uh, and that way the parents can drop their kids off for an hour or two, just so they can maybe even go take a nap. Yes, like that. That it. This journey has led me to that, and in that. God will use that to allow me to witness and encourage parents, whether they be children of three, four years old or adult children. And I want it operated by volunteers. So I don't know. I just wanted to share. So that's one thing that has changed me because I figure it's for a bigger purpose is to help other families. Not all families are equipped. Well, I'm not going to say equipped. Not all families want to do what we are going through. No. Some don't, and some won't ever. And uh, not that they're not capable. It's just that some will choose not to, and that's okay. But I also want to be able to help those as well, those families as well. You know, and, and that's where, you know, I feel like the lengthy part of my journey has led me to that, to help not only just the families that, the moms that are wanting to do this and saying, okay, I'm going to go through this journey. I'm going to suffer myself. I'm going to sacrifice you know, I'm going to seek God and do these things that God's commanded me to, but also to help those mothers that are just feeling like I can't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, and encourage them too. So that's, uh, that's how this journey has really, and I, and for that, that alone, I can't see myself regretting anything, mm-hmm. even though I have my moments of weakness where I'm just like bawling out crying saying, God, why did you choose me for this? <laughs> that it's like you know god thank you because i see who i was before and who i am now and then i see where god has taken me mm-hmm. and it makes me grateful because yeah. had it been for this i wouldn't be where i am now and i wouldn't be going where i'm going and i wouldn't even be helping other parents down the road so. no and i i know that you're going to help so many parents i just see that i can see that I, I, I can see it already. It's already there. It's already, I think God has walked ahead of you to create it, that space. What are some of the things, when you say the work that we are doing and have to do, what are some of the things that are hard to do that you've had to do uh, and continue to have to do that some people aren't willing to do? And you have your days where you say, I don't want to do this work. What kind of work is it that you have to do to turn every stone to help your child? Well, that is such a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Because again, it has to do with the stress type. 
the things that I don't want to do sometimes because of my stress type is kill my stress type. Mm. And you're familiar, if anybody's well, may, may or may not be familiar with killing your stress type, with my stress type is doing the things focusing on killing self and doing the things that I just don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, procrastinator, it's e- you, you. I was listening again, like I said, to your video, you said it's easier to go out and have fun and go to the forest and go and ground. All those things are so much fun for me. That's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Because of my stress type, I need to do the things that I absolutely need to get stuff done, like folding the clothes and, and taking care of making sure I have a tidy home at all times. Uh, doing Being a great parent to self and saying, okay, no, Danielle, you can't go outside right now until you put away these clothes yes they're folded but they're not all put away so I'm procrastinating (laughs) on that so those are the things and it seems so simple because in actuality it is simple it is simple but not easy but not easy easy. Mm -hmm. that's it's very simple but it's not easy and so those are the things that I struggle with is uh you know not wanting to do the work that is required and we know again the word of god said faith without works is dead so although you may have the faith if you don't put in the work mm-hmm. that's needed it's pretty much dead and for those who don't know about healing their stress type i will link to a podcast episode about this so that you can find your stress type and begin that healing process because that might move the needle for you quicker than you think. So that's that's really important. In this journey, or is it on this journey, in this journey, um, we always get the most benefit and bang for the buck when we do the things we don't want to do, especially as thyroid types. Cortisol types is a bit different. You'll understand if you listen to that podcast episode, but we do not get to a different place with ourselves and our children through comfort and by doing the things that we've constantly been doing. We have to get really uncomfortable and do the things that are most difficult to us because it's like anything that we create giving birth, anything that is created that is significant, it is always created through hardship. And actually God loves the children that are suffering the most. He has a special love for those who are struggling, those who are grieving, those who are poor, those who are going through hardship. So that's one thing that might sound like bad news, but it might also bring you hope that there's a purpose. You're being shaped through adversity. So don't get too hooked on staying in that state. Be shaped through it like a diamond instead of creating a t-shirt or an ideology out of it. And be, because this is something that I've noticed in the autism community, that's almost this woe is me, woe is me, uh, where we get attached to the pain and we cultivate the pain and we get bitter about the way that society is treating us as autism moms or as adults with these issues and I'm not sure that's what 
God's plan is for us. I don't know what you think about that. I agree. I agree with it completely because it keeps our focus on something else instead of keeping our eyes focused on him. Mm. You know, you can't, you, you, you have to walk. It says, it's a, you know, this walk, this life is a straight and narrow path. And even though we go through different things, we still have to keep, I believe it's because we have to keep our eyes straight and focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, knowing that if, if for a moment we are in the fire, he's right in the fire with us. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll come out of that fire, like you said, like a diamond. Yes, exactly. And I believe that. I mean, I think about, I don't know, I, I, I believe that. And, you know, and the, the beautiful part about it is, He's with us in the fire, but we'll be in the fire and not even be consumed. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have God. It's just so amazing because there can our house can be burning down, but there's so much peace within. There can be so many crazy things going on in the world, but our peace is within, and things can be, I mean, shattered, falling right next to you. Mm-hmm. But God is just giving you so much peace, even in that you don't even feel the fire. Mm-hmm. Not saying you won't go through things, but there'll be moments when you're you won't even be consumed. Yes, the moments of peace. Yes. What what could you tell us? Because I know you've got to go and get your things done in your own home right now. But could you just um just spend a moment just telling us where your where your son is at today. Okay, well, currently my son is at school. And uh, I recently had, uh, well, he recently enrolled in school like right before Thanksgiving. And uh, this is where seeking God and taking the time to be still is so important because I was skeptical about sending him to school because yeah. everything, just because of everything that's going on, everything that we've been through. Uh, I didn't want to get caught up in that rat race. Uh, I, I I just didn't want all of that. I didn't want to go back into all of what I knew. Mm-hmm. But I remember, even with my oldest, uh, I remember God telling me, I'll take care of him. He's mine. I, you know, I will take care of him. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go ahead. And, and it was a challenge because listening to authorities, and this is why, Ninky, you always preach about authorities because we feel like the authorities are only on one side. Mm-hmm. But the authorities can be on both sides. And, 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 you know, whether it's the authorities that, you know, are telling you your child has this autism, you know, uh, you know, it's for life or whatever, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do or the authorities of, yes, there is something you can do. Here's all the supplements your child needs to take. Do not send your kids to school. That is, you know, all these authorities and not seeking within. Yeah. And it's hard to decide because you know you want to go you're going to go with one way or the other but here's the kicker God says seek me first mm-hmm. seek me first and so that was what I was struggling with but again I went ahead and I was obedient and I and I remember you saying Danielle it's okay because I remember there came a time where I sent my son to school 
but and so I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go. God said, you know, He has him. I'm going to trust that God has him. And worst case scenario, if you know, if this is not, you know, if I made the mistake, then I'll just withdraw him. Yes. It's that simple. It's not complicated at all. <laughs> and so I did. I sent him, and I am grateful because. Because of my obedience, because I knew what God had spoke to me at that particular moment, my God, my son is really uh, progressing forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's enjoying, he, he enjoys going every single day. And see, that's how I knew that ABA and all that stuff before wasn't for him because he had gotten to a point where when we would drive up to the facility, he would start kicking and screaming and hollering and I want to get out of his seat. And he was only two at the time. <laughs> So, so, and, you know, and it, so, but now he enjoys going, he gets out of the car, he's, he's, he's adjusting to the classroom, he's doing, excuse me, he's doing so many uh, great things, and yesterday, I, and I, I know we're going to go, but yesterday, my oldest, he went uh, visit the school and spent some hours at the school, the facility, and, um, and my son told me, he said, mom, Peyton is doing so well at school. He's such a big boy. And I think he really needed it more so for the socialization, for the learning how to adjust to, you know, because he's been home forever. Mm-hmm. And he's never, he hasn't been in daycares, you know, for a lengthy period of time. I mean, he's been a few months, but he's always been home. Yeah. And so he, it was time for that next step. But had I not trusted God, then I, I mean, we probably would not saying that it would never come, but for me, and this is why you always say, and, and that's how I knew you were different too, Ninka, because you say, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm here to, for you to, to help you see the power that's within you. You have all the answers. And when Christ is within you, you definitely have all the answers. Yes. All the answers. Yes. And so, and so that's why I, uh, Again, I'm I, I'm so proud of the progress that we made and we still got a ways to go. Uh, my dad used to sing this song in church. We've come a long way, but we got a long way to go. And so that's 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 where I am. I and mean, we, we've come so far and I'm so grateful, but we still have a ways to go. But I'm encouraged even in that because I know God's with me even in this entire journey, you know. Not my will, but thy will be done. What changes have you seen? in your son well he can handle going in the grocery stores he doesn't mind uh he doesn't elope like he was doing at a time and I I think again it's not one particular thing just because he's in school I do want to make that clear it's not just because he's in school he's not eloping but um he's not eloping he's he's this is one thing I think his school has really benefited my oldest son had an event at his school and um, he wanted to go so bad. I had no one to watch my youngest. And usually for these type of events, I have someone to watch my youngest because it's just so much stimulus activity going on. But my son really wanted to go. There wasn't much time left for the event. So I said, okay, we're gonna go. But if it gets too much for Peyton, well, Peyton and I'll come sit in the truck while you go and you know do your thing with school. I try to create a balance. And so uh, we went. And but and Peyton was actually playing on the playground, 
allowing the other kids to pass. And you know how kids are, neurotypical kids, they're running here, bumping into each other, doing all this thing. And for us as autism moms, we're like, ah, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like too much going on, you know, for us, because we're on edge, because we feel like our kids are on edge, right? Yeah. I mean, like the moment a child bumps into him is going to cause a meltdown, right? Well, kids are running, and it was amazing because I saw kids running on the, the playset, and he would actually move out of the way to allow them to pass. And I was like, oh, oh my God. He didn't strike. And when kids would bump into him accidentally, he didn't go to hitting. I was like, oh. Oh my goodness. You know, I was just so excited. I called my mom as soon as we got in the truck. There was cakes, cupcakes, and pizza, and all kinds of what we're used to seeing, what is normal for others, uh, quote unquote. But there was, so, but he did, he knew he wasn't supposed to have it. And it, he didn't have a meltdown. It was just like, no, you cannot have this. And I believe because of his school, you know, they say they have a little drawer with snacks and stuff for the kids, but his teacher knows he can't have any of those things. So she, you know, she, she'll redirect him and say, well, no, Peyton, you can't have your, here's your snack. So he's been able to relate. Okay. I can't wow. have those things. Those things are bad for me. That's amazing. Mommy has plums and dates and an apple for me in a bag. <laughs> I can't have, I can't have the cupcakes and stuff. So that was like such a oh my gosh moment for me that oh my god, you know, now I believe school has a lot to do with that. You know, the social being able to enter and he played again, he played by himself, but he was still able to be in the midst of I mean I mean, it was a lot of children because it was all grades. It wasn't one grade level. So it was the entire school and all the parents. Now it was outdoors, but still it was just a lot. And he handled it so well and there were no meltdowns afterwards. It was just a beautiful thing. I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried and all I can say was thank you, Father. Yes. You know, some yeah. of the things that I'm seeing, you know, and the washing of the hands and just doing and wanting to do these things and not being pushed, but wanting to tell mommy, look, I can do it. You know, I can do it too. You know, so things like that, that has really, really benefited us a lot. And, and that is what a, what a way to end this conversation though, Danielle, because you say sometimes we need to be grateful for the little things but those things for an autism mom those are huge not having a child eloping that's the most stressful thing in the world because if you haven't experienced it if you're not an autism mom you don't know what it feels like you have to literally have your eyes fixed on a child that's eloping or that child will be in danger or die and it goes on for months and months and months so that is huge And being able to go and be around a lot of people not getting into arguments or, or aggression and choosing that by himself and being able to know the rules for what he can eat and not eat and not having tantrums about that. So thank you, Father. And sometimes we have to ask for forgiveness for not noticing the little things or, or, or for not 
being extremely excited about the little things where we as humans, because we feel so inadequate, we think, oh, I'm not doing enough because a child isn't completely turned around yet. That is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful example of every change matters. And those are some of the biggest ones, I believe. For and I want to say something to piggyback off of what you just said before we close. You said not appreciating those things because those are huge. But sometimes so focused on what our ultimate goal is. Because keep in mind, I want everyone to know, remember, my son still doesn't have any verbal Mm -hmm. communication yes so he is pre-verbal and a lot of times we can get so focused on that one particular goal to we disregard yeah exactly. so I just want to piggyback off of what you just said and saying you know forgive us father for you know you know not recognizing the the the, the you know the miracles that you are performing throughout this healing journey yes that Yes. Thank you so much for that, Danielle. And just want to say to those moms who are listening to this and thinking, oh, I would, I would really love to be around people like Danielle. You can come into our community and be around sisters like Danielle. And I think the way that I see you, you're going to be someone who, who's going to lead people through this journey. And also, providing tools for how to lean on God and lean, lean on Jesus in this process, because that is a trigger for many as well. And it doesn't have to be. So I'm just so grateful to know you. I'm so humbled to have been connected to you. And I'm so grateful for the time that you spent bringing hope to moms and just your beautiful, beautiful soul that I recognized the first time I saw you. So thank you so much, Danielle, for this. Thank you, Ninka, so much for the opportunity. And I just pray that if anything, that someone was encouraged, even if they're feeling like there's, you know, they've done all they can, they have no more. That's when we lean on God the most is when we feel like we have no more. And that's when we'll see the most miracles because he will, I said, share this. He will carry us when we can't walk anymore. Excellent. And all we have to do is just be vulnerable and say, God, I can't do this anymore. And he'll pick us up and carry us until we're ready to walk again and say, okay, I can walk now. Yes. And us down and we'll continue on the journey together because they're not alone. That's so true. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and if you're feeling lonely and if you want a friend, if you want a sisterhood and if you want my support in overcoming overwhelm, tantrums, eloping, screaming, sleepless nights and you want to turn every stone to get your child to the best possible outcome and you know that you want to put in the work I really hope that you'll go to barefootautismwarriors.com and download a free guide because when you do, you automatically sign up for the newsletter. Particularly the ebook is important for you to read. I would love for you to share this podcast and to give Danielle five stars wherever you're listening to this podcast and 
give her a review, a positive review, because we all need that support and we need to get the word out there. I know there's a lot of autism coaching, autism protocols, autism programs, autism diets out there, but I've been in this field now for almost 15 years and I know what it takes. I know that most of those things out there, they actually do not work and they're hosted by people who have either very little experience or a lot of missing links in their and gaps in their knowledge when it comes to the underlying messages behind autism symptoms and I've, I've recorded a lot of podcasts about this so please go check out the other podcasts at barefootautismwarriors.com and all the blogs there on my website join the free facebook group barefoot autism warriors if it's still alive when you're listening to this i don't know we never know with facebook or find me on instagram ninka bernadette moritzson or barefoot autism warriors you can search both thank you for listening and see you again soon